You are listening to CJLO 1690 AM. Welcome to another episode of our weekly news update. My name is Cam, and I'm here to show off a bunch of reporting we've done at the station over the past week, and I'm very excited to get into it. And yeah, let's just get into it right at this moment. Up first, we've got something very fresh. We sent our reporter, Katie Brady, out into the field last night, and she went to a uh, town meeting here in NDG about a proposed bike path on Rue Terrebonne. Let's hear from Katie now. The Cote de Neige NDG Borough Council invited residents to the Benny Library Thursday evening, where it presented its revised redevelopment plan for Rue Terrebonne to create a two-way protected bike path. Locals will be all too familiar with the earlier bike path projects on Terrebonne in recent years, and this version seems to be catching similar backlash to the first. Demonstrators both for and against the development were in attendance, heard here outside the library in at times heated moments. The first proposal to permanently install such a path in 2020 was scrapped after pushback from community members who organized a petition against it, citing parking and congestion issues. The borough council at the time acknowledged it was hastily planned and unsuccessful, but the current council and cycling advocates are excited about this round of planning. Last month, the council released the results of a year-long study conducted by an external firm which examined potential impacts of the future Terrebonne bike path. According to the borough, the report found that impacts on traffic and parking availability would be minimal. Advocates for a bilateral Terrebonne bike path say the main incentive for developing it is safety. The stretch of road includes four schools, a church, and it's used by commuters and Concordia students alike on their way to Loyola campus. Jason Savard, spokesperson for the Association of Pedestrians and Cyclists of NDG, told CJLO that he believes the redevelopment of Terrebonne would benefit many in the area, not just those who cycle. There's been accidents with just cars. Uh, it's been a, a rather aggressive area with cars going through stop signs. And so overall, it needs a lot of safety. Parking, especially in the winter, accounts for a bulk of the pushback. But others expressed feeling excluded from the planning process and want more community consultation. One of the organizers of those opposed to the project, Erwin Rappaport, stressed to CJLO that opponents feel entirely left out of the planning process. Uh, the bike path is being opposed upon NDG residents without consultation, uh, which is a very serious problem as this bike path impacts the quality of life for so many residents of NDG. Rappaport said that opponents want to see this project scrapped once again and are prepared to launch another petition to the council soon, if not. That was Katie Brady with reporting on the proposed bike path on Terrebonne here in NDG. Uh, Also, in other news, we've got the FAE strike ongoing this week. Uh, Katie Brady managed to uh, put together a pack for us, as well as an interview with a uh, CSL mom talking about the repercussions of the strike.
FAE union members rallied outside the education ministry this Wednesday as many French schools across Quebec remain closed due to mass public sector strikes. Parents in Montreal's West End are feeling the stress and uncertainty of the strike as the days accumulate. Samana Derheshi's six-year-old son attends École des Amis du Monde primary school in Côte-Saint-Loup. Though supportive of the strike actions, she struggles to understand the government's slow response. I used to be a teacher in my country, and that didn't happen at all. And if this happens, it's going to be like a disaster. People come to the street because they mind about their kids, about their kids' education, about their kids' health. Like my son now has been home since last week with me, playing games, watching TV. It's cold outside. We can't go like for walks. I work full time. I'm lucky to work from home. I used to go to the office twice a week, but I was lucky that my manager approved being at home for now because of my son. But I'm wondering how do parents who need to work on site can like, like adopt themselves with this situation? Derhashi told CJLO that she's especially worried about her son keeping up with French because it's not the family's first language spoken at home. I had to hire a tutor. So the tutor is coming tomorrow. I had to pay out of my pocket for something that government is supposed to do. And, you know, I, I really know what this, like, the school staff are doing, the school professionals. I used to work at the school board. I know they are doing a great job. I know they are not paid enough with the, with the every, you know, with the inflation. So with the, like, rents nowadays, with all those expenses of food, you know, everything, it's not fair. But... Is it us who should pay for that or the government? You're paying taxes for that. Leah Maja-Ducone is the administrator at the Walkley Community Centre on Cote St. Luke Road, as well as the coordinator of the Homework Help Program. The program offers a casual community atmosphere for elementary and senior students to tend to any work assigned to them over the strike closures, as well as catch up with friends. Maja-Ducone says their strike camp was cancelled due to low enrollment she thinks because there's many other camps available at rec centers in the area. The Walkley Center has decided to focus on the growing homework program instead. This is something where I can get educational support. It's not, we don't offer like a one-on-one tutoring service. It's more of a space where kids can come in groups, do their homework in groups, get an animator to support them and answer their questions. And we really try to reinforce what they're learning at school. She's noticed concern amongst parents and educators growing as the strike continues. Parents that have children that are in the French system right now, they're just waiting to hear and they're waiting to see when it's going to come back. They're hoping that with this program, at least it helps their kid, their child like reinforce what they're learning so they don't fall behind. The union of 65,000 teachers and education workers has been on unlimited general strike since November 23rd. Members of the Front Commune Alliance, who went on strike for three days last week, followed by the FIQ for two days, have planned further strike actions next week and say they're ready to escalate to a general strike if need be. Do you mind if I ask what um, school your uh, your child? Yeah, is? yeah, for sure. The Zami du Monde. It's on. It's on uh, Davis. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's uh, sorry on McHill Avenue. And and so um, and they're part of the unlimited strike that started last week. Yeah, they started last week and still on strike. Okay. And how has that been for you? Um, uh, what's your experience like? 
for these Okay, so I should tell, uh, actually, I come from a third world country. Yeah, this really is a disaster in that third world country. So technically, when like unions or employees, they go on strike, there should be uh, like an urgent strategy and urgent response from the government, especially when we're talking about the kids, about the education. So I used to be a teacher in my country and that didn't happen at all. And if this happens, it's going to be like a disaster. People come to the street because they mind about their kids, about their kids' education, about their kids' health. Like my son now has been home since last week with me playing games, watching TV. It's cold outside. We can't go like for walks. I work full time. I'm lucky to work from home. I used to go to the office twice a week, but I was lucky that my manager approved being at home for now because of my son. But I'm wondering how do parents who need to work on site can like, like adopt themselves with this situation? So my question is for the government, like, do they care about, like, kids, their education at all? Or it's just, you know, they're just asking people to study French, to speak French in this province, and that's it. So, like, you know, I'm very, very disappointed. I spoke to many parents, my friends, my kids, friends, parents, and they are all, you know, they are all, like, in a very tough situation. So, yeah, I don't know, like, I, I don't know what to say, like, right. what to add, but this is this is a very, very, very unusual and, like, a surprise to me. Mm-hmm. And I imagine it must be difficult given that it's, you know, some of the other strikes we've seen had set days, but given the uncertainty of, of your son's school strike, that must be exactly. hard to deal with. Exactly, <laughs> and yeah, you know, my son is on maternelle, so he just started school. He just started learning and speaking French. I was so happy, like me, my 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 husband, my older son. We all helped him to just be a little bit on track, and now he's just losing everything, you know, because he's a, like just six year old. He doesn't want to do any activity at home. You know, it doesn't like he, you know, they're kids. They want to play. They want just to relax. But they have their what, like Exactly. Like, you know, like the Christmas holidays are coming. Mm-hmm. And then there will be another gap. And even like my son's teacher told me it may extend to Christmas holidays. Right. Yeah. So they may not attend any classes until then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for language, if you're, if, uh, you you don't speak French at home. Your son's just in French school trying to learn French, or are you all exactly? Okay. Yeah, we, yeah, we we speak our own language. Like, uh, yeah. like that's uh, an interesting my, my point. Um, I, I've spoken yeah. to a lot of people this week, and I no one else has brought up that you know the French is so important to the government. And, exactly, and, yeah. it is important, and they right. are doing something in contrast. Like right. I had to hire a tutor, so the tutor is coming tomorrow. I had to pay out of my pocket for something that government is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I I really know what this, like, the school staff are doing, the school professionals. I used to work at the school board. I know 
they are doing a great job. I know they are not paid enough with the with the every you know with the inflation. So with the like rents nowadays, with all those expenses of food, you know, everything. It's not fair, but. Is it us who should pay for that or the government? You're paying taxes for that. Right. And like uh, one third of my, my income goes for taxes. Right. And now I have to take care of my son while working. I have to pay for tutor. I have to, you know, like make him busy during the day. So it really distracts me to focus on my job. So it's like a domino, you know, Mm -hmm. it will affect eventually other sectors too. Mm -hmm. And, um, I imagine as a former teacher yourself, you're, you're quite supportive of, um, of, of teachers demanding better, uh, better conditions fighting. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. I do understand. And I think it's fair. It's really a fair ask, you know, like, we know government people, government employees were on strike and they could kind of like forfeit what, what they wanted. Mm-hmm. I'm part of government, federal government right now. Mm-hmm. So I understand. We asked and we just came to an agreement. Mm-hmm. But now it's their turn. Like they really need more. Mm-hmm. They, they are entitled for more pay, mm-hmm. and for I'm, a higher pay. I'm hearing as well that it's not just the... It's not just the salary issue, but that especially with the education workers, um, they're really concerned about, for instance, class sizes and the government's kind of saying mm-hmm. they might not be able to do anything about that. Have you, mm. is that the impression you get at your son's school that the class sizes or that beyond the staff needing more pay that there aren't enough uh, staff? Honestly, specifically if I want to talk about my school, my son's school, mm-hmm. I'm happy with the school, with the like staff, everything really is like fine and works really good. But I have no idea. I can't really speak to that because my case, like, I think I, I think this school is doing a very good job and like everything is just in place. But you know, the only thing I've heard and I thought is really like the big issue is the the the, the, the salaries. But other than that, I really can't give opinion. Maybe it's better, you know, if we hear, mm-hmm. like, from the school staff and, like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the school board, like, their concerns on that. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for this. This was really helpful. Um, I'm, I'm really appreciative of your insights and, uh, sharing, your ex- and uh, sharing your experience with me. Is there anything I haven't mentioned about this unlimited strike or, or your experience that uh, you want to mention before I let you go? <laughs> the only thing I just want to repeat is it's really, really abnormal to me. So I, a complete shutdown is something very strange to me as an immigrant who came here for a better life, for better education, and, you know, a better lifestyle for my kids. So that is like the first and last thing I wanted to say. Thank you so much. Have a good day. day. Bye. You too. Bye. You're listening to the CGLO Weekly News Roundup. Uh, That was Katie Brady reporting on the FAE's ongoing strike. Now we go to talk about Bill 15. Hi, I work in healthcare. We don't have one. Mounting concerns over the Legault government's health care reform bill were heard Monday evening at Dawson College in Montreal. 
Opposition reps, health advocates, and patients are pleading with Premier Legault and Health Minister Christian Dubé to pump the brakes on Bill 15. Bill 15 is a sweeping reform bill which includes the creation of a centralized system, a new crown corporation to be named Sante Quebec. Critics of the bill fear it will be invoked without proper study with closure before the Assemblée Nationale closes for the holidays on December 8th. The reform would create a single employer system which would allow health staff to take their seniority to other facilities across the province under Sante Quebec. Jennifer Macaron, MNA for Westmount St. Louis, sponsored a petition in the legislature last week on behalf of Quebec Community Groups Network, asking the government to give the bill serious reconsideration. Over-centralization means that whatever is going to be adopted and brought forward at a central body might not represent the needs that we have for the greater Montreal area. It might be completely different from what we need in the Gas Bay region. Not the same thing as what we need here, and that's something that we should really be worried about. Many warn the bill will drive health care in the province further into privatization, wreak havoc with health staffing in Montreal's hospitals, undermine access to services and treatments, and violate minority rights in the province. Dr. Abraham Fuchs, professor of medicine at McGill University, said you simply can't approach health care like this. The government understands this project of health care to be a bureaucratic initiative, and it's not. Hospitals are not bureaucratic entities. They're sociocultural organs of a community. So the government pretends or believes that this is like redoing Revenue Quebec or transportation. André Fortin, MNA for Pontiac and official health critic, echoed this sentiment. He thinks given the historic labor action we've seen in the public sector this month, the government could spend this time addressing more important elements of the healthcare system. If Michelle and I and all the MNAs around the table had spent the last eight months looking at how to attract healthcare professionals, that would have helped. If we looked at what the proper organization of the network in terms of do we have the right ratios of patient, nurse, patient, um, social worker, patient, it, that would have helped. But to spend eight months on a governance bill to say, if I move this bureaucrat from here to here, and if I give this guy more power, and if I take away functionaries and administrators do not provide direct patient services. Doctors, nurses... A cardiologist attending the town hall and many others expressed grave concern about the reforms. As of Tuesday, the petition had reached over 3,500 signatures. Organizers of the event are urging the public to get involved and get vocal in hopes the bill can continue being debated after the holidays. We go now to a developing story in the community. This is the NDG participatory budget, which was under consideration for the last couple months where, you know, people could go and vote about how NDG would spend a pool of money uh, and... Uh, here is Katie Brady with the update. Voting for Cote de Neige NDG's participatory budget is open until December 3rd. The NDG Community Council invites participants to cast five votes from the ballot of 15 community project proposals on makingmtl.ca. Participatory budgets are increasingly popular across the world, allowing residents to contribute ideas and have a say in how funds are spent. This is the second year Montreal has had a participatory budget, and Cote d'Ivoire NDG is one of a few boroughs to have their own program. Reza Moafi of the NDG Community Council 
says this initiative helps residents enjoy their neighborhood. So there was uh, one over 140 projects submitted by uh, residents and uh, the team of the participatory budget of the borough is uh, the quality of life. How can we improve and enhance the uh, quality of life of residents in NDG? A firm called Perco Lab helped Cote de Neige and DG residents develop their ideas into full-fledged proposals over the course of this year. Nina Signard Lombard at Perco Lab said she's extremely passionate about this model of community development. That is uh, the realization that in order to um, do the tra uh, socio-ecological transition, we need to transform the ways that we work. Signard Lombard said conversations she had with residents all over the borough throughout the process paint a powerful picture of the community's identity, values, and vision for the future of the borough. Tell you a little bit about the, the major themes that came out, that's both in like the informal conversations that we were having when we were facilitating the workshops, and also what the projects that came out uh, tell us, you know. So there was a lot about uh, building community. I think uh, I don't know the borough really well, and so that was, that was really striking for me to see just how much uh, space in the conversations uh, was taken by... Uh, you know, we want more activities, we want more intergenerational um, stuff, opportunities for, for people to meet and spend time together. That was probably the, the biggest thing that came out. Moafi told CJLO a bit about some of the proposals and encouraged visitors to check out the website for more. For example, one of them is uh, secure certain pedestrian crosswalks because of the safety. So people need safety these days because of, uh, you know, uh, uh, more traffic in the neighborhood. Another one is uh, municipal bike lending services that is very, very uh, interesting for people. So uh, uh, it's a real need of the residents. Another one is uh, food forest. So all of the projects has a good description and a poster in the website of makingmontreal.ca and also in our website of NDG Community Council. Uh, this website is ndg.ca. So there is a link. People can see the, all the information of the projects. Voting runs through December 3rd at makingmtl.ca forward slash pbcdnndg or on ndg.ca. That was our weekly news roundup here at CJLO. And uh, yeah, uh, we will join us next week at 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, every Friday for the latest breaking news. Um, and that wraps it up for today. Um, but uh, stay tuned. Uh, up next, we've got a very special final episode of the Purple Hour. Pur Purple Hour has been at the station here for two and a half years. And uh, it's a great hip hop show. And it's going to be the perfect way to get your morning going. So stay tuned. Uh, to CJLO and catch Purple Hour finale coming up at the top of the hour.